0: what is the purpose of life we think we have found the answer
1: hi everyone and thank you for tuning in to easy with a friend today this is part one of a two-part series on the two things that we can't have too much of in life health and happiness we're your hosts chi and elaine and today we're discussing some ideas to help increase your happiness
0: Yep, and as the Dalai Lama said, the purpose of our lives is to be happy. So let's start with that ever elusive pursuit for the ultimate human emotion because that's what life is about, right? Happiness and how to attain it. We've been doing some research and also have a few thoughts of our own. Chi actually saw this article from Neuroscience News that cited an online poll asking a question about what age are you happiest? And it got us thinking.
1: The author of the article was a developmental psychologist who said that you are happiest between the ages of 30 to 45, but specifically, the number is 36. Do you agree, Elaine? Yeah. So I found it
0: kind of surprising originally when we had looked at this article that that was the age that they had chosen. But upon reflection, I do agree with that because I think that most people feel like they get to a certain age before they really find themselves. And I do think that as you get older, you do become more comfortable with yourself as well. And I think a lot of people, the anxiety and peer pressure and things like that, that they feel as a younger person tend to fade more into the background as they get more successful, as they get older, as they just get more self-assured and have more life experience. and. And just really feel a little bit more certain of themselves and how they feel and what they think. I do think that as a younger person, you're probably more susceptible to being pressured or bullied into falling in line, let's say, with maybe what society wants you to do or what your family wants you to do. And as you get past a certain age, you just care less about that. So I think it does free you up, honestly, to pursue your own definition of what happiness means to you. But I also think specifically thirty six. I mean, I thought about it and I was like, it makes a lot of sense because that's also kind of the age most people have kind of come into their careers. They're making probably more income, and certainly not saying that money is tied up with happiness and how much happiness you should feel. But I will say that being at the poverty line is probably not making anybody very happy. <laughs> <laughs> um, but I also think that thirty six is that really good time frame where your parents are still with you. They're not so old yet that they need to live with you or require care from you. And your kids are, most people have younger kids at that age. Maybe you're not quite dealing with teenagers yet, which I'm sure is a whole (laughs) thing on its own. But what do you think about it actually? Because obviously we're older than that age now. Do you look back and you're like, yeah, 36 was the age where I was happiest.
1: We're not that much older, okay. We're still within that range. Want <laughs> to be clear? I just want to put it out there. The range is from thirty to forty-five, so we're smack dab in the middle of that range. But yeah. what you're saying is very much true, and it aligns with the author of this article. Her hypothesis is that there's something called career and care crunch, and it's exactly what you're talking about. It's that balance between your career versus caring for very young kids who can be very physically demanding, or caring for aging parents. So for myself, this is a really sweet spot. And according to the study, people report that even though they are extremely busy, they're also extremely satisfied with life. So yeah, I completely agree. Having wisdom that comes with age and just knowing how to process things that used to bother me that used to be things that kept me up at night that used to be problems and it's nice I think for us to get to stop and recognize that despite how life sometimes feels challenging Mm -hmm. that we don't forget to stop and enjoy because this might be as good as it gets according to this study. (laughs) It might be just sliding downhill from here. So (laughs) we better stop and really take this moment in and enjoy ourselves. Yeah.
0: I also think that this ties into the second part of our series, which will come out next week. But I think that that's also a good age where you're really not having many health issues yet. I think past that age, a lot of people start having to rain in the diet or no longer eat sugar. The cholesterol is high. You now need to be (laughs) on medication. There's more aches and pains, blah, blah, blah. So I also think that this is kind of a solid age in terms of health. Certainly you don't have the vigor of your 20s, but you aren't suffering right now.
1: Yeah, I saw a meme recently that says, welcome to the decade where you now have an upstairs Advil, a downstairs Advil, and an in-the-car Advil because you now <laughs> need to have a good stash of those things for those ache and pains, you know? Yep,
0: yep. And so going into that a little further because, you know, we're talking about happiness today, Chi, I mean, what does happiness mean
1: to you? I think my definition of happiness has changed so much. With wisdom and age. If you ask me this in college or right out of college, happiness would be finding a good job. Happiness would be maybe having a nice house, having a fancy car, being successful, being skinny. Some of those things that I was putting too much importance to in my 20s, I feel. Mm -hmm. I did not know back then that. Those were not the roads that would lead me to happiness. Mm -hmm. And now at my age, I definitely think, and it's so cliche to say, but it's the little things in life. It truly is. And one of the biggest things that I have discovered, for me at least, is that happiness is a choice. It's something that you choose to feel. It's something that you choose to give yourself. And it's a decision that you need to make over and over again. And it's been really life-changing for me to be able to think of it that way. It really helps to increase my own happiness every day. Mm -hmm. What about you?
0: So I agree with everything that you said about how happiness kind of tends to change as a definition for people as they get older. And I'm sure that's also why the article cited 36 as the year at which you're the happiest because people change their opinions as they get older and things change in their life. I think for me, happiness is so difficult to define. It's a definition you have to sit down and really think about and dig out for yourself. It's one of those things that you can't define it for anybody, but yet you know it when you have it. I mean, when you feel happy with your life, you feel it. You generally know when you're happy and fairly satisfied. Now, whether or not you... Slow down enough to appreciate it is one thing. But when I sit down and really think about the definition of happiness in life these days, I think it's moving towards my life purpose or ultimate goals in life that I have for myself Mm -hmm. and knowing that I'm on that path, but also finding gratitude in the life that I have. And I most agree with you that happiness is a choice. As a younger person, it's harder to see that because happiness is not defined by material things or wealth because there are plenty of rich and very unhappy people in this world, right? But I think for me, the central tenet of that is thinking about what you have, realizing how fortunate you are and appreciating it. So basically that gratitude about it kind of what you're saying, like choosing to be happy, because then you sit down and you realize like, what is there to be unhappy about? And letting that improve your happiness, right? Like Sometimes you have to self-reflect on all the things that are going for you in order to really realize like, hey, I am happy in my life right now. But I think for everybody, sometimes sitting down and really thinking about your ultimate driver in life. And I don't mean like, I want to be a millionaire or I want to be a world famous author, which that might also be on your goals. What I mean is what is your life purpose for being here on this earth? Do you want to help people? Do you want to help animals? Maybe, well, maybe your driver really is just making a million dollars and being a millionaire. I don't really know, but really sit down and defining that for yourself. I think, I think, promotes a deeper level of happiness at least to me. I don't know if I'm saying this well so let me give an example. Obviously, I have financial goals in life and I want to make X amount of dollars this year or by a certain age and yeah, the, those are financial goals I strive to have for myself. But I don't think my financial goals necessarily make me happy. Certainly, I guess it makes me happy when I know I'm moving the needle in the right direction, but I think for me what really makes me happy in life is knowing that along the way that i'm helping people. and so i have charitable goals for myself as well and those make me a lot happier knowing that hey i've helped people this year or i've actually contributed or when you volunteer time that warm and fuzzy feeling that you get from helping others i think is a deeper level for me of spiritual happiness than i've moved the needle closer to my financial goal this year but It's just an example. And everyone really needs to sit down and kind of define for themselves, I think.
1: Yeah, I I completely agree with your point on there's something so gratifying about being able to help someone. And the happiness you feel from that is something that's really special. You know, when we were talking about this topic for our podcast, I think the interesting thing is that there's just so many things in life that is out of your control. It Mm -hmm. could be... Your job, it could be your boss, it could be a co worker, it could be your neighbor, it could be mm-hmm. the weather, whatever financial situation you're in. On a day to day, those things may be hard to control. Maybe in the long term, you can say, okay, I plan to switch jobs next year or I plan to switch jobs in six months, but you may still be stuck at that job today, tomorrow, or next week. But I feel like there are things you can do on a day-to-day basis that can help increase your happiness. And maybe it won't go from completely terrible to, oh, I've hit the jackpot and now I am extremely happy. But I'm talking Mm -hmm. about little things you can do that can, let's say, increase your happiness by 10%, 20% every day. Mm -hmm. And if you talk about an investment, if you're Mm -hmm. investing money into stock, a 10 or 20% gain in your investment, isn't an insignificant amount, right? No, no, we, don't not say, at all. we don't say if it doesn't give me 100% yield, I won't invest. And similarly speaking, sometimes I think about those everyday decisions, those little things you can do every day as how can I increase my happiness by 10 or 20%? What can I do mm-hmm. today to move that needle in the right direction, as you say? And one of the things I love, and I call it a skill, you need to have this skill, and it's something that needs to be taught to you or that you need to practice is having that grateful perspective. Mm -hmm. It's something I try to teach to my daughters to be able to stop, count their blessings in the moment. What are some great things that happened to me today to help counter those negative emotions you may be feeling right at that moment because you didn't get what you want or something happened that you didn't like. And that is such a powerful tool that you could use at that very moment To help yourself turn that corner or turn that needle in the right direction. In my house, as we sit down for dinner together, we'll go around the table and we'll do our gratefuls. And that's kind of how I started practicing with the girls to teach them this skill. I would start with something like, I'm grateful that the sky is clear tonight and we can see the stars and it's so beautiful. And Mm -hmm. we can pick very mundane, small things all the way up to... I'm really grateful that I have a nice house or could be anything. There are also other little things that I like to do that are a bit more common sense, but you sometimes forget how if you just make a little bit of time out of your day to do Mm -hmm. this, it can increase your happiness by that 10 or 20%. An example that I used before is Starbucks, how I try to get myself a Starbucks about once a week or once every two weeks. I've also since developed a dependency on boba drinks. And so <laughs> I blame Elaine. She gave me her blessing on the Starbucks and now I've added to it with the boba. But and I only blessed you on the Starbucks. I never said anything about Boba. Rain it in. Okay. <laughs> yes, yes. You know, sometimes just letting myself have that little treat, especially when I know I am about to. Face a difficult task of running a long errand, something I didn't want to really do, or something like that, it helps make that task a little bit easier. It helps make my life just a little bit more enjoyable. I then totally agree. The other one that as a mom, you hear a lot about is self care, is taking time for yourself. And honestly, when I had babies and toddlers, don't even talk to me about self care, it was so hard. But now that my kids are a little bit older and a little bit more independent or less dependent on me, I do find that by allowing myself that extra five minutes in the morning so I can actually brush my hair and put on a little bit of makeup, not because it's going to make me, let's say, red carpet ready, but just Mm -hmm. to make me feel like I've spent some time looking at myself and taking Mm -hmm. care of myself really does make me have a better start to my day. And sometimes that better start can really put you on a good path to having a better day and make sure that you let your partner or significant other know, because if they are able to just give you that five minutes, allowing you to have that time to close the door and have that five minutes to yourself, it does really help put you Mm -hmm. in the right mindset. Then kind of along that same line of self-care is having some kind of hobby, no matter how small it is, something that's just for you. One example for me is that I recently got into gardening. Mm -hmm. In the summer, I would do an outdoor garden where I grow just a few vegetables. Honestly, it is nothing in terms of the quantity. It isn't replacing my family's grocery bills, but (laughs) (laughs) It's that little bit of time in my day where I could go and be on the garden, water my garden, watch something grow, being able to produce something and then see it, hold it, eat it. It's very satisfying. And again, isn't life changing, but it's that little bit of happiness that you're trying to pursue. And whatever that little hobby is, really try to give yourself that time, that budget to do it. And you can just start small. Like I said, my garden is really three containers in the backyard. With the herbs, the lettuce and the cucumber, I'm able to, in the summer, make some spring rolls to eat with my kids. And it just is the most delightful little meals that we have. Yeah, I definitely
0: agree. I think that whole thing about the attitude shift, what you talked about, practicing being grateful, it's huge. And I know we've kind of covered that already, but at my company that I currently work for, We're very goal-oriented, but we also, as part of our training, focus very much on learning to basically turn your attitude around, be positive. Mm -hmm. And it's exactly what you said about things you can control and things you cannot control. We call it a model of control. And so we always tell people, imagine on the left-hand wall, these are all the things that you cannot control. Let's say you have a neighbor who has a bad attitude or some guy who cut you off with their car or the economy is not doing well. None of those things can you truly control on the right-hand wall, I guess is the items that you can control, which is your reactions to all of these things. Yeah. And your focus on all of these things because you can't change them. What is it that you can change? And basically our trainer told us an example that Sometimes watching the news, which was just depressing. He was like, What is happening to our country? Yada, yada. And for a little while, he stewed in that. And then he said, This is not helping. I can't control that. And so, what is it that I can control? So, he decided that every evening he was going to go for a walk and he was going to pick up trash around his neighborhood. He said it helped him in several ways. Obviously, now he's not sitting at home focusing on the news because he's not watching it anymore. And he's now making a meaningful contribution to his neighborhood, right? So he's making a actual contribution to society and it had the effect of lifting his mood. And of course, people started noticing that he was doing this and they would thank him and encourage people to do the same. It has a cascading waterfall effect and it was very good for his happiness and mental health. The other thing that I think for me, at least in terms of, kind of tips and tricks for myself that I do. I definitely agree with the personal time. I think that me time is very, very important. And I think learning to recognize when you need some of that is also an important skill that you can train in yourself. Sometimes when you're just feeling real anxious or just really run down, maybe sit down quietly for just a few minutes and really dig deep and ask yourself what it is that you need because you might need a mental health day or a me day. And again, that can look like many, many things, right? You could volunteer time. You could just want to go to the mall and walk around for four hours. It's different for everybody. For me personally, I've got charitable goals that I like to remind myself to do during the year. And those are kind of the things that is very rewarding and definitely is something that increases my happiness. Mm -hmm. So for instance... Nick and I, we sponsor a child through Save the Children. Honestly, I am grateful for the opportunity to make this difference in her life because I guess to me, I'm always like, well, you never know. She could be the next Mozart. (laughs) And so- True. (laughs) Or the next Einstein. You just don't know. All of these things, you really have to sit down and decide for yourself what is most important and what happiness looks like to you. And then go and say, hey, I'm going to go do this thing today. That's going to give me just a smidge more happiness because it's like she said, the percentage, right, is not important. But even if you increase your happiness by 2% a day in a year, I mean, that's 730% more happiness in (laughs) a (laughs) year. And the other thing that I think is really important also is to take advantage of friendships in your life. For me, sometimes when I'm down, what I need is to reach out to a friend and talk about it. And this is where she and I all often get (laughs) and give these phone calls where I reach out to her and I'm like, do you have two minutes? I just need to vent about something for a couple of minutes and we'll talk. So making sure that you have friends that are in your corner who really reinforce that positivity and support you knowing that you're not alone sometimes and dealing with whatever is happening in life. All of that also super helpful. I think your friendship web is very, very important in terms of your overall mental health and happiness.
1: Yeah, I completely agree. I mean, and it's not just friendship for venting, but just being able to share your happiness with someone too almost makes it feel like you've multiplied it. I'm not even talking about big days like your wedding day or your birthday, but I'm talking about like hearing a funny joke and being able to share it with your friend in a group chat. It mm-hmm. makes that joke even funnier. Those little things, those little moments in life that really it makes life doable even when it's a, it's a hard day.
0: Yep, 100%.
1: So that's it for this week's episode
0: of Easier with a Friend. Once again, we deeply appreciate all of you listeners for tuning in. As always, we hope you are inspired to reach out to a friend today if you enjoyed today's episode. Remember to subscribe to the podcast so you won't miss any new episodes. Follow us on Instagram at Easier with a Friend, on our Facebook page, Easier with a Friend, or email us at easierwithafriend at gmail.com. Check our website,
1: easierwithafriend.com, for today's transcript.